Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast. You are listening to episode 119. Um, You're just going to get a solo episode from me. Uh, It's been a bit, but Evan is dealing with some some demons. He's feeling really under the weather Um, still. Hopefully, he'll be able to make a comeback for the final episode of the NFL show with the Super Bowl episode in particular. I'm really looking forward to that and um, the game and everything. I've already made the decision on putting $100 on the coin flip going tails uh, last year. Went with tails and got screwed over because they decided to um, give the coin flip to somebody who should not have flipped the coin. Um, Absolutely outrageous. I knew as soon as that woman got the coin flip last year, I lost um, and it showed. So hopefully this year... um, goes in my my way now but back to this episode this is the premier league episode my my thoughts are all over the place because i'm recording this uh right after the conclusion of the thursday matchups from this current week we're talking about uh with the liverpool leicester game and arsenal wolves two really incredible games to watch uh, a lot of fight and just grit in those games and overall almost every single game that we're going to cover in this episode from the previous game week was um, top tier bar maybe two of them but yeah uh, just going to be me today Uh, hopefully should shoot for like a 30 to 40 minute episode if I don't ramble on too much but um, yeah just want to let you guys know that Evan's not feeling well so make sure you guys hit us up on Twitter uh, send your um, make sure you tell on Evan hopefully he feels better and whatnot um but yeah, let's just get into the episode. I'm just my my thoughts are all over the place right now after what I just saw in those games, uh, absolute pandemonium. But to top it off, we have to go all the way back to uh, the fifth uh, previous Saturday. We had one of those two games I was talking about that didn't live up to the hype. Uh, we had a makeup game, Burnley hosting Watford in a nil nil draw. Um, one of the worst games I think you could ever watch. That. Um, doesn't represent the Premier League. This was a championship-based game, pretty much. Um, Just absolutely pitiful. There's nothing I can really say, even. It's just um, looking here. Burnley have won just one of their last 22 Premier League games um, and have scored just two goals in their last seven matches. And Watford, for the first time, kept a clean sheet um, this season in all competitions. Just those two stats alone for both teams just shows how bad these teams are and they both deserve to be in that relegation battle scrap um but Watford at the end should have probably gotten something out of this they had more of the chances um no no uh Emmanuel Dennis in this game which was weird um so they had to rely on Josh King and Jao Pedro up front who Jao Pedro's kind of emerged a little bit the past couple weeks as somebody that Watford can rely upon more and more uh, but he's not a complete product yet, so that it's uh, still too early for him to be dependent on like they do King Dennis. But um, on the other end, Burnley are just trash. I mean, this was Weghorst's debut. He, he His presence was felt, but he just couldn't get anything going. Um, Cornet picked a big up a knock in this game as well. Um, but yeah, that's just, there's literally nothing I can say about this game. It's just It was just terrible. Um, after that... We move on to the games that took place over the weekend. We had we had um, the first one, Newcastle hosting Everton in a massive 3-1 victory. Now, this was 
one of those games that I really looked forward to, and I had a lot. I was live watching live, taking notes of this game. Um, I'll just run through you guys what notes I took down as the game was taking place um, before I get into all the details. But from the first five minutes of what I saw, Newcastle were playing a high press, and it was working well for the boys. Um, and Everton just really struggled to build out of the back. Mina early on had a pass that was just severely under hit. Um, and it just showed that Everton are really lacking ball playing center backs. Um, they just they, they came out in a three back um, with Mina, King, at, Keen, excuse me, and Holgate back there with Seamus Coleman and Townsend as wing backs in a way. Um, it just didn't work for me. I don't know why, but it was just not the right fit for Lampard to come out here. Whereas Newcastle came in, out in a 4-3-3, uh, more attacking, more high press, as I said, with Willock and Jolington pushing forward. Uh, John Gerselvi played in that more deep line playmaker role. Um, the only new signing other than Trippier and Chris Wood, um, I should say the deadline signings for Newcastle that debuted were was just Matt Target. Uh, we did, did see Bruno Gimorez come off the bench. No Dan Byrne. Uh, for Everton, Van de Beek and Deli Alli came off the bench and didn't really have a massive impact in this game in particular. But um, after the first 15, the game really opened up with a lot of chances were scuffed. Just a lot of under-hit passes. Um, Everton played more direct tiki-taka. There was a lot more one-twos and triangles around the field. Um but once they got out of those small spaces, there just wasn't anything to hit. Um, whereas Newcastle were earning more of the chances through St. Max. He just he was getting the ball in more attacking positions higher up the pitch, where as in previous months, as we've seen, he's had to come back and collect the ball in much deeper roles or much deeper areas of the pitch to really get things going. But uh, it just showed how important he is to this Newcastle side and Every single chance came from him going down the wing, getting the ball picked out to him, and he just took guys one-on-one down the line and just absolutely embarrassed them. And a lot of nice passbacks, and Newcastle just couldn't put them all away. They really should have won this game maybe 6-1 if they could have completed all, all those chances that he created. But Everton were hit with two early injuries, um, and Newcastle couldn't clear their lines for an own goal from Jamel Lascelles. But not more than 90 seconds later, Newcastle instantly respond off a corner kick from Kieran Trippier. Jamel Lascelles redeems himself, header off the bar, and comes down own goal off Mason Holgate. So two own goals within a two-minute span, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, Trippier really made a difference for Newcastle here on all the set pieces. It was just it just showed his quality and, and um, how that could change things for them going forward. Uh, they can have him on set pieces, really opening things up. Uh, Mac Targan is a great fullback for them on the opposite end, um, really holds it down and can pick out a couple passes on his own. Uh, St. Max playing in a higher position up the field, doesn't have to come back as much to collect the ball, um, so he can he can not worry too much defensively and just worry about more of his attacking duties. Uh, Ryan Frazier got one of the goals as well later on in the second half, I believe. Um yeah, let me just, yeah, in the 56, so he got the third goal. Um, he really showed up in this game, made a big difference, showed a lot of energy. Chris Wood, on the other hand, really another dull performance from him. He did have a chance, uh, heads it right at Jordan Pickford, but he just doesn't work for me. And it's it's seeming like Callum Wilson isn't going to come back until May. So they're going to have to deal with Chris Wood for the remainder of the year up there. They don't have any other coverage 
in in that striker role, really, if you want to put Dwight Gale in there. I'm, I, I'm not sure if they got loaned him out or whatever, but um, yeah, uh, Trippier makes a difference, and then uh, Jolington probably had the worst choke I've seen in a while. It was similar to, if you, if anybody remembers, Chicharito, um, a ball played back to him. He's falling over. He kicks the ball. It hits off his head and goes in the goal. It was exactly like that, but from the penalty marker, Jolington hits the ball, falls over. The ball hits him in the face and goes outside the box. Just the polar opposite. It was very comical. Um, unbelievable there. But um, second half, not too crazy. Everton just, like I said, couldn't contain St. Max. Um, and then Newcastle pretty much from there on controlled the tempo. Everton just struggled to establish themselves. And then in the 80th minute, Kieran and Trippier off a, a set piece, um, throwing it back to 2018 in the World Cup uh, like he did in the semifinals there. Uh, against Croatia so um yeah overall Newcastle really came out hot it was at uh it was at their home stadium um was it the Sports Direct Stadium I think it's called or St. James Park I forget if they changed the name but um either way the place was loud and it, it was just a great atmosphere overall and Newcastle really deserved these points and now they put themselves in a position in the table where they're outside of the relegation zone two straight wins uh, one point in safety. So I think they can get a, a run of form going there. And they're only one point behind Everton now, who put themselves in a very sticky situation. Um, we move on to the next game from that Tuesday window. Um, West Ham won, Watford nil. Now everybody knows I can't pick West Ham. Um, as soon as Evan picked West Ham to win, I just didn't want to jinx him. But at the same time, I was going to pick West Ham to win. It, was, it just seemed like the easiest thing. Um, and I don't know why I did that, but now, uh, another, another tally to in the L column for me with West Ham. Oh, I should say our records from this previous week in the pick Um, Evan went even, he went five and five, uh, and I went three and seven. So that is that, um, a pretty stale match really, uh, one nil Jared Bowen gets the goal. Um, not many chances going for Watford one on target to West Ham's three. Uh, possession leaning heavily into West Ham's favor, 65 to 35. Um, overall, pretty normal match. Watford just absolutely looked pitiful. There's just nothing that I don't think Roy Hodgson can come in and change that the previous managers have done um, this season between Zisco and um, uh, Roberto. No, why did I say Roberto? Um, Claudio Ranieri. Uh, I don't think there's anything anything anybody can do to save this team right now, currently, but. Um, I would say outside of this game, it has to do with West Ham news. Kurt Zuma uh, was in the news for kicking his cat uh, across. I don't know if somebody saw this. He kicked his cat across the, t the floor or somewhere, and people found out about it. And uh, authorities came and took his cat away, and he's fined, I think, two weeks' pay. Uh, will be donated to uh, animal shelters and charities. So I think that's around a quarter of a million uh, pounds, uh, which is ridiculous. Not ridiculous that he got fined, but, uh, the amount of drama that came from it, from him kicking a cat, um, compared to, uh, the racism that all these players get is absurd. Um, Mikhail Antonio did come out in recent days. Um, I think as of today to the news saying, um, that's crazy how everybody's putting so much drama on this. Um, not saying that, it isn't. It shouldn't be publicized like it is. But compared to people in the past, ha 
committing acts of racism and still getting away with it and playing in football matches and still going to games. It just doesn't make any sense. So I agree with him on that point. Um, just the amount of craziness that comes from um, people hurting animals instead of, of acts of violence being committed against actual people. Um, it's crazy, but I do agree with Mikel Antonio and um, that just shows how, how interested I was in this match. Um, so yeah, Watford continued to plummet there, whereas West Ham bounced back, really. They've really struggled as of lately in matches and have been letting their lead slide now. Um, they, they've been play, they played the most matches out of all teams with Chelsea and Man City and Brentford with 24. Um, and they only have a one-point lead on Arsenal now after what they did today. Um, so they, they really need these three points here. Uh, we go to another team that has been struggling as of lately in, all across competitions is Manchester United as they drop points to a Burnley side who earned a 1-1 draw here. Um, Man, you got the early lead here off of Pogba goal. Pogba now back after a long-term injury. Uh, nice to see for him to come back. That really helps them in that holding mid-roll. He's more of a creative player that can drive forward as of as Fred and McTominay can't do that as often and as confidently. So that's good for them. Um, no Cristiano Ronaldo in the starting lineup. We saw Edison Cavani start. Um, had a couple chances but couldn't go his way. Um, we saw a moment off the bench in the second half where Ronaldo came in. Um, the camera was on him when he was putting his shin pads on. Uh, he kissed his shin pad before he put it in his sock. And he has shin pads with his face on them. So... That just shows the type of guy he is. Uh, you got to respect the brand. Um, as well as congratulations, I think Man United today signed uh, Cristiano Ronaldo Jr. Uh, to the club, uh, age 11. He will be wearing the number 7 in the youth system, so good for him there. Um, not, a, not a surprise, really. Um, but going back to this game, Jay Rodriguez gets the equalizer off a well-worked goal from Burnley. Long ball there to Weghorst. Weghorst with a reverse pass to Jay Rodriguez. Um, and calmly and coolly chips it past De Gea as the window is closing for him to shoot. Um, so yeah, overall, Burnley really earned this point. Um, it seems like that's what they're going for now. They're just going to go with 18 games remaining to draw all of them and hope other teams around them drop points. Um, they still only have one win this whole season in the league. So that shows what type of drive they have going forward as a team. They've only scored 17 goals, which is second worst, uh, as Norwich are catching them now with 14. Um, so yeah, Burnley are really going to drag this thing out. They're not going to score multiple goals at games, as it seems, but uh, getting a point against Frochester United is always nice to see as they drop points, whereas other teams around them jump uh, even further ahead of them. Um, so yeah, moving forward now. We go to the Wednesday window of games. We had four here. Manchester City 2, Brentford 0. This was another one of those games that didn't have the same energy as the other ones did. Um, it was pretty normal. Man City dominated, obviously, 76 to 24% possession. Uh, chances going more in Man City's favor. 7 on target to Brentford's 2. Um, with Amara's penalty in the 40th minute. And then a Kevin De Bruyne goal in the 69th minute. Um, yeah, just a typical Man City clinic. Um, the second goal, we had Rhea, the goalkeeper for Brentford. Poor pass out of the back. Sterling in on a break. 
is is saved by Rhea, but the rebound goes to De Bruyne. It just shows the, the high press they play. And um, Zhao Cancelo played a major role in the attack. He had a lot of chances for himself that he couldn't put away. Uh, Laporte as well. So all around Man City domination. This is Brentford's fifth loss in a row, the longest um, amongst any of the teams. They have the worst form in their last five um, compared to every other team. So they tick that much closer to dropping into that relegation battle zone um, along with all those other struggling clubs. And I, I think one or two more losses for them now in these next two. And they're a serious contender to get relegated, in my opinion, as I've been saying week in and week out. Um, but Man City, on the opposite end, extend that lead. Uh, to nine points now uh, ahead of Liverpool uh, for the title for the title contenders. So easy, easy result for Man City. Um, we move on to another team with Brentford competing to stay alive in the league, as Norwich at like Burnley earn a one-one draw against a Crystal Palace team that really should have won this game. I mean, right off the jump, the first minute, Timu Puki gets a banging goal. Uh, for Norwich, and a couple minutes later, he gets another chance that he squanders by uh, by a tackle from Tyreek Mitchell, I believe, coming back. Just if if they could have scored that second goal in the first five, uh, they were in a very very solid position to hold this and see this game out. But Crystal Palace come in the second half, controlling the game uh, heavily, dominated the second half. I should say in possession. Um, and a moment of brilliance from Will Zaha now back from AFCON. Um, an absolute screamer from the opposite 18. Nestles it in the top right corner. Um, Gunn, the goalkeeper for Norwich in this match, could not do nothing to stop it. And then two or three minutes later, um, Zaha gets the ball down the line. Uh, an overlapping run from Tyreek Mitchell gets pulled down by Max Ahrens. Crystal Palace earns a penalty. Wilf Zaha steps up to double his tally on the day and put Crystal Palace in the lead. But possibly the worst penalty you will see for this season across all competitions. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, he runs up, scuffs the shot, slips a little bit, um, and it just dribbles out of bounds to the left of the goal. Um, from where he was facing and he immediately smiles and looks at the penalty spot and there's just no words for that that's just completely unacceptable um, you really should be just blasting that in there it's just it's something that yeah, you just have nightmares about uh, when you think about taking a penalty that happening in that moment and they couldn't they couldn't come back from it they had a couple chances uh, of course afterwards but Norwich held on to that point that they deserved, and uh, they get that much closer to safety and pull away from Watford a little bit more, who are now below them with that draw. Um, so yeah, Crystal Palace now drop even more crucial points. They haven't gotten a win um, in their last four games. Now two losses and two draws. Um, they really need to start earning points, or they're going to be um, creeping alongside Brentford into that uh, drama zone and relegation battle. So, um, good job to Norwich there. No Josh Sargent, unfortunately, uh, wasn't even on the bench for this game. So hopefully he can get, get back in the squad and earn his, earn a chance to potentially get in these next qualifiers for America. But, uh, we go to the next game. Uh, one of the three games I predicted, right? Probably the, one of the biggest upsets you could say, of the weekend in, well, yeah, uh, you can consider this along with the Man U draw, probably tied for the biggest upsets, but Southampton 3, 
Tottenham 2. Um, this game was drama-filled the, the whole way through. Um, 18th minute, we had a Jan Begnarek own goal, a nicely worked play through Spurs. Uh, ball whipped in, meant for Son, but Begnarek gets a touch on it first and goes in his own goal. Five minutes later, Ben Davies, poor clearance off the line. Um, Southampton get the ball back, work it well to uh, Armando Broja, who quickly slots it past Lloris to make it 1-1. Um, Southampton definitely should have went into the half at least up by one, but they go in with a 1-1 draw. Second half opens up, still possession going Southampton's way, but 70th minute, um, a debatable challenge there from Emerson, absolutely clotheslines Brosia and falls on top of him. Should have been a penalty, uh, not a penalty, but a foul, um, in my opinion, and the game play should have been stopped there. But from the ensuing play, Spurs go up the other end, and Huming Sun uh, takes the lead for Spurs there, 2-1 now. Um, so Southampton, Southampton are feeling hard done by, uh, and they get their justice from a, a Mohamed Elianusi uh, equalizer there in the 80th. Nice work ball in from Ward Prowse. Uh, assists there, header down from Elianusi. Nice, well worked goal. No more than two minutes later, once again from that man, James Ward Prowse whips another ball in, uh, and the same result this time from Che Adams now heads it past Larice. Gives Southampton a 3 2 lead. Um, they, they worked their asses off, I should say, in this game to get that lead. And then it looked like it was all for nothing. 93rd minute, uh, Southampton, or excuse me, Tottenham coming down the left flank. Harry Kane whips a ball in, headed down from Tottenham. And that man, uh, Steven Bergwijn, gets the equalizer, um, making it 3 3. Uh, all hell breaks loose. And then VAR comes in and ki- kills the game there for Spurs. Um, ruling the goal uh, out. So now Southampton wins 3-2 in an absolutely crazy game. And when you look at the stats, it shouldn't have been close, really. Um, 23 shots to 8 going Southampton's way. 10 on target for Southampton, which is crazy compared to uh, Tottenham's 3. Possession pretty even, 53-47. But yeah, Southampton definitely, definitely deserve to win this game. And Um, They climb up now into the top half of the table on 28 points, sitting 10th. Um, They're really showing form in these last couple games now. Um, As I'm looking here, in their last six games, they've only had one loss. Um, That loss coming up against uh, Wolves, so that's a decent opponent to lose to. But they're in great form as of lately. They've kind of found their way. Um, Nobody's getting injured. They're keeping disciplined or excuse me, staying disciplined, not getting carded as much, so guys aren't getting suspended, um, and it shows the work rate for them. But Tottenham now, just like Man United, just like West Ham, are all dropping points, um, and Wolves after today are all dropping points, uh, losing these games in hand that they have to catch up to that top four position. Um, And it's all going in Arsenal's favor after today. Um, But yeah, tough, tough result for Spurs there. Um, after the previous game they played earlier in the year where they had a man up on Southampton and couldn't get a win. They had to settle for a draw, um, and now VAR comes in and and takes that point away from them in this matchup, so now they leave with nothing. So um, I was happy that I predicted this game right. I didn't see this game going 3-2, but um, it really helped me in my record uh, for whatever that's worth. But we move on to the final game in the Wednesday window, which was an absolute barn burner. Aston Villa 3, Leeds 3. Very, very 
very open game. Uh, Dan James opens up the scoring in the ninth minute. Um, nice, well-worked goal. Finishes in the bottom left corner. Um, equalizer comes not until the 30th minute from that man, Philip Coutinho, man of the match. Pretty much a goal and two assists in this game. Um, really showing that he still has that form. He still has that fire to play, and he can still produce in the goal contributions. So great signing for Stevie G so far. Um, then right before the half, Dan James in the 47th minute, or I should say 45th plus two, um, gets the lead there for them. Oh, excuse me. I should say Jacob Ramsey with a brace in the 38th and 43rd minute. Aston Villa just absolutely opened things up, showing that Leeds really have defensive issues with all their injuries uh, without their captain, Calvin Phillips, being around. Uh, So they go up 3-1, and then that Dan James second comes in the 47th minute before the half, making it 3-2. Um, I would say for this, for Astonville in this game, they really, really, really looked bad on set pieces. They, in defensively, I should say, they could not clear their lines. Um, and it showed in the equalizing goal in the 63rd minute from Diego Laurent. Um, Tyrone Mings off a header from Struke uh, couldn't clear it uh, far enough. It falls right into Laurent's path, and he slots it in to equalize. Um, from there, Leeds dominated possession, um, and it didn't go- help Aston Villa's favor because Ezra Konza picks up a second yellow uh, and gets sent off in the 87th from punching Meslier or brushing, elbowing him in the face. Uh, absolutely <laughs> unbelievable from him. Just something stupid uh, that you wouldn't really expect anybody to do, just how casually he did that and didn't expect anything to happen, but... He gets sent off, and Aston Villa really have to struggle um, to get this 1-1 draw here at home. So, unfortunate for them. They really could have used those three points to drop into that top 10 area. Um, Leeds get a hard-fought point there away from home. Uh, They really need something out of this game to get a little bit of distance between them and that that relegation zone area. Um, they're they're, They're six points above the drop right now, which isn't good enough, but... Looking back on their recent form here, they have two wins, a draw, and three losses now in their last six. So um, they really needed something in this game, and uh, I would say they'd be happy with this. But yeah, Aston Villa just as of lately can't seem to really string any consistency together now. They have they have two wins, two draws, and two losses. So you don't really know what you're getting as of lately with them. I know Evan said in this prediction that um, Aston Villa are more predictable um, than leads are as of lately, but now it seems like you have no idea what you're going to get with them. But one thing's for certain is Philip Coutinho is definitely somebody they rely on now attacking-wise um, going forward, which is is very easy for anybody to see from now on. But yeah, one of the highest, the, the highest-scoring game of the weekend and really capped off that day's games. Um, and now we move on to the last two games of this week's uh, recap here before we get into the preview of next week's games or this weekend's games I should say um, fresh on my mind now Liverpool 2 Leicester 0 um, uh, an absolute clinic from Liverpool here 2-0 no win Jota picks up a brace um, t- 22 shots to Leicester's 5 11 on target to Leicester's 1 66% possession to Leicester's 34 Um yeah, Liverpool were in cruise control this entire game. We saw the the first start, not debut. Diaz did, uh, I think, get subbed on in one of the previous games, I think in the FA Cup. But 
Um, he It was his first start for the club now, and he showed that that price tag was well worth was well worth it. Um, he put on an absolute show with his explosive pace, his short, short, um, intermediate athleticism and speed and agility. I should say, just the, the short bursts of uh, change of pace from him down that left side. It really shows that he could potentially take over for Mane down there. Um, I know his contract, I think, expires in two season in 2023, or yeah, next summer. So. That is something that you could think about. It seems like from that performance and the previous performance from him that he could definitely step right into this front three and make an immediate impact here. Um, he was alongside Firmino and Jota. Um, so, I mean, they worked really well. Firmino performed well here. Um, picked up the only yellow card in the match. But behind them, we saw Fabinho, Thiago, and Curtis Jones. And then your normal back five from Liverpool, uh, from Matip, Van Dyke, Robertson, Trent, and Allison. Um, nothing really to speak about from Leicester. They played this game without a recognizable center back. Um, they played with two holding mids back there in Amarty and Ndidi. Um, and it really showed that they they are in crisis mode right now in injuries. They they them they're probably the worst team all year when it comes to injuries. And now they are in a position in twelfth. Um, where they're further from a top six finish, uh, or I should say they're closer to being relegated than they are to finish in the top six. Um, nine points above being relegated and was at 13 away from finishing in a European position. Um, so that shows how how much damage has been done to them this season from injuries alone. And it's just piled on week in and week out. But I would say um, Schmeichel for them was man of the match. He absolutely stood on his head. This game should have been 6-0 going in Liverpool's favor, but he saved them massively in this game. Uh, Mo Salah came on, as well as Harvey Elliott, and that just the firepower never stopped. It, it increased even. Um, it just shows the the attacking depth that this team has, and it is, it is frightening, to be honest with you, that they have a genuine chance to charge up and really make this title um, race go down to the very end because I don't see them losing any points in the near future. So I'm really looking forward to the matchup uh, against Man City. They play later on this season, but wow, they they are loaded. Um, and then we go on to probably the excuse me the biggest the biggest game with the most drama. Arsenal one, Wolves nil. Um, Arsenal here scratched and clawed to get these three points where they definitely should have not have. Uh, Wolves definitely deserved a point out of this game, but um, we saw Gabriel get the the lone goal here in the 25th minute. Um, ball, I think, off a set piece came in. Uh, ben White heads the ball across the box. Um, Jose saw the goalkeeper for Wolves, comes out off his line to collect it. Um, doesn't get any control on the ball, really. Lacazette challenges him. Um, gets gets in a in a scrap there, no call is made, and then Gabrielle fights away to get a toe poke in the goal. Um, controversial, but I definitely think the goal should have stood. Um, Jose Sa had no touch on the ball, no control over the play, so uh, I agree he shouldn't have gotten any benefit of the doubt there. Um, so yeah, I mean from the first half, Arsenal were in pretty good shape. Uh, Jaka did his best to really get sent off, but um, gets away with just a yellow card. Um, and then uh, we saw in the second half, the 69th minute, um, throw in for Wolves. 
Gabriel Martinelli loses his cool as the ball is thrown in. He shoves the thrower. Um, Wolves still are in control of the, of the play, so the referee, um, uh, Michael Oliver, continues the play. He says advantage. Wolves go up the pitch. Martinelli works his ass off to get back. Semedo gets the ball, and Martinelli, without any any shape of disguising it, just shoves Semedo right onto the ground, not hiding anything. And for the first time ever, I've never seen this before, but Michael Oliver gives a double yellow to Martinelli for both of the incidents, and he gets sent off with a red. Um, he got a yellow, obviously, for the push on the thrower, and then he got a second yellow for the push in Semedo's back, all within that 10-second span of the play. I've never seen that done before. Mikel Arteta wanted uh, was confused. He thought... He should have just gotten a yellow for the, the push on the throw-in. Um, but Michael Oliver made that decision, and I can kind of see why. Um, Martinelli had all intent of doing what he did, and I texted Evan uh, during the game not too long ago, and just he said there's no discipline in these players. They don't understand the, the situation of the game where they're on the back foot and a dumb decision from a young player costs them and could have could have ended up in them losing two points but they they get out of the situation with all three uh, miraculously uh and now they're in fifth place on 39 tied with man u but have a goal a better goal differential and they only are one point behind west ham who are in fourth and they have two games in hand so they're in a fantastic position right now to capitalize on all those teams around them struggling and put themselves in a position to finish in the top four um, in this final half of the season. So insane, insane games all weekend here, or all week, I should say, um, around the board. Like I said, bar maybe the Man City-Brentford game and the the West Ham-Watford and the Burnley-Watford game. But every other game was intense. Everything was on the line. Lots and lots of goals. Um, and it was definitely a great, great, it was a great week for the Premier League to come back after a... Uh, long break from from internationals and um, FA Cup games. So we conclude the recap of match week 24 at the 34 minute mark, and we move on to the game week 25 predictions. We have 10 games here to predict. Um, the, there's nine over the weekend, and then there's one makeup game on the next Tuesday. So we are going to include that game in this week's predictions um evan sent me his so as i'm doing my predictions here i will read off evans so we have first off kicking us off on saturday february 12th man united hosts southampton man united after getting knocked out of the fa cup and now dropping up points to burnley uh away face a a southampton team who get a great result over tottenham uh, Evan is going to go with a draw here. He doesn't see Man U bouncing back, and he thinks Southampton are going to drop points here. Um, I agree with him. I don't think Southampton can get back-to-back results. They are one of those wishy-washy teams. I don't think they've gotten back-to-back wins all season. They sit six wins, ten draws, and seven defeats. So, yeah, they have not strung two wins in a row. Man U haven't lost a game since uh, their one no defeat to Wolves. So I don't think that that um, that changes here. I, I'm going to go with a Man United win. I feel like Ronaldo's going to start in this game after not starting against Burnley. 
Um, he definitely has something to do because if he wants Man U to get any closer to that top four finish, they have to get a win here. And I think they do. So I'm going to go opposite of Evan there. We move on to the, one of the three 10 o'clock window games there on Saturday. The first being Brentford hosting Crystal Palace. Like I said, Brentford now have lost five straight games. Crystal Palace haven't won a game. They've only won one in their last five. So um, it's going to be tough here. Um, Brentford, I really don't have any faith in. Ivan Tooney will be out. Um, he's potentially may not make this game. He has a minor calf issue, so it may be without him. We look over to Crystal Palace. Um, I think they're still. I think Czech Kuyate may make a comeback in this game after recovering from playing in the Afcon. He is. They did win uh, with Senegal. So just like Mane did today, he didn't play in the Liverpool game. He will probably come back in this game after being rested, but. The previous matchup was a nil-nil draw back in August. Uh, nothing too crazy here. But um, I'm, I think I'm going to go with, along the same thing. I'm going to go with a draw here. Uh, and Evan's going to go with a, a Crystal Palace win. Uh, we move on to... I need a drink because the back of my third is on fire right now. I'm just talking way, way, way too fast. Um, but... We want move on. Jesus Christ. We move on to Everton hosting Leeds. Um, Evan's going with a draw here. Um, this is a massive match. Um, one after the other for Frank here. Um, Frank, after a defeat from Newcastle where they needed to, needed to get something, get nothing. Now they play a Leeds team which sits right above them in the table, four points ahead. Uh, Everton, four straight defeats. Um they really need this game bad. I mean, I, I, I should say both teams need this game bad. Um, this, this, this is crazy right now for these teams. But the previous matchup was a 2-2 draw previously. So I can understand why Evan's going to do that. But it'll be interesting to see if DCL makes a comeback in this game. He sat out of the Newcastle game. Um, they are dealing with a lot of injuries, Everton are. Um, but... I, I do give the advantage to Leeds right now. Um, even if they have their main injuries to Bamford and Phillips, they're living without them. And I think I'm going to go with a Leeds win here. I think Everton are just, even with all these signings, are still down bad. So I think Leeds are going to win this. Uh, and like I said earlier, Evan's going to go with a draw. Um, <coughs> excuse me. We move on to the final 10 o'clock game on the Saturday window. We have Watford hosting Brighton, Watford, Pitiful, Brighton, also um, fraudulent. Um, they lead the league with, what is that, 12 draws out of 22 games. Um, yeah, I kind of see the same thing happening here. Bright, Evan's going with a Brighton win. I'm going to go with a draw. I think I think Brighton will control the game, but I don't see, I don't see more than two goals in this game, so I'm going to go with a draw. Uh, and then finally, we go to the Saturday window. It's not the final game on Saturday. Norwich hosting Man City. And make it quick, me and Evan are both going with Man City. Uh, we jump to Sunday. The first game, 9 o'clock. Burnley hosting Liverpool. Evan and I are both going with Liverpool. Short and sweet. We go on to another massive game. Newcastle hosting Aston Villa. 
Evan is going with a Villa win. He believes they will bounce back. Um, I am on the opposite. I'm going to go with the Newcastle win. I believe that they have a system now to where it works. They have Trippier there on set pieces. That is uh, somebody you can rely on. You have St. Max that doesn't have to worry about coming back as deep to receive the ball. He can be put in areas that are more dangerous, and he creates even more chances for his teammates to capitalize on. So, and I think maybe we'll see a start from Bruno Gomez. Uh, I can't, BG, I'm calling him BG. Um, we can see a start from BG there, which he did make his debut in the Everton game for the last couple minutes, but he's definitely somebody that can really perform for them. And I think that Newcastle will get the win here. Um, and then the final nine o'clock game on Sunday, we have Spurs hosting Wolves. Evans going with Wolves. Um, this is going to be a highly contested game. Both teams sit next to each other in the table. If Wolves can get a win here, they will hop Tottenham in the table. Um, I definitely think Tottenham can get something out of this game. I don't think they're going to... They have they have two losses in a row now, um, which is something that they haven't done a lot this season. Um, but I definitely see them getting something in this game. So I think I'm going to go with the Spurs win. Uh, and then, like I said, Evans going with a Wolves win. Um, and then we have Leicester hosting West Ham, the last game on Sunday. Um, I think, Ev yeah, Evan missed this game, so I'm going to have to get his prediction. Um, I'm going to have to text him for it, but I'm going to go with a West Ham win here. I mean, from the way you, I'm saying that, I don't have confidence in it, obviously, because I don't know West Ham. Um, I'm 5-19 and 19 picking West Ham games, but I'm 15-6 and six picking Leicester games. So it's going to be a battle of, of my best team and my worst team here. But Leicester are really struggling with all those injuries in their back line. I, and I, I think that's going to be a massive, massive issue for them, but... West Ham just don't create like the best chances, and Schmeichel played out of his socks today. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to go with a West Ham win, and I, I, I have a feeling Evan's going to do the same and pick a West Ham win as well, but I, I will get his pick for you guys um, in the next coming hours. Um, and then the final game, the Tuesday game midweek, we have Man United hosting Brighton. Evan is going to go with a Man United win. Um... This is definitely a game I think Brighton can get something out of. Um, Man United have been the victor out of the last two. Um, they haven't played each other this season yet. This was one of those makeup games from COVID. So these guys have played each other a total of eight times. Man United's been the victor six of those, whereas Brighton's been the victor in the other two. It's really tough because I don't have trust in Man United now. It's just it's unbelievable the 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 lack of consistency out of their defense bar David De Gea that guy's been the man of the, uh, player of the season for them um, but I'm gonna have to agree with Evan and blindly go with Man United here I just I really don't I don't I, I everybody knows I don't like Brighton I really hate them just it's just something that I can't explain just it's just they're very upsetting to me um and Man United are starting to fall into that category now as well. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have faith and think they get back to back um, wins in these predictions for us. So, um, 
right on the dot, dot in the 44 minute window here so we're closing at like a 45 minute episode for you guys which is a decent amount uh pretty long for just a solo so apologies if you guys were expecting a shorter one from me but that's what you get um if you guys go to our socials check us out at post 20 pod on twitter and instagram Follow us on all of our streaming platforms over on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys stay tuned for the NFL, the the final NFL episode of the season, the Super Bowl episode. Um, I might talk to Evan and see if I can get on that show because I want to get involved in these props. Uh, the Super Bowl is a phenomenal game to to bet on it there's a lot going on there's multiple things that are different that you can bet on obviously as i mentioned on the top of the show we have the coin flip um going all in on that with tails so i'm gonna see if i can get on that episode we'll see when they record but um make sure you guys stay tuned for that um and yeah other than that thank you guys so much for listening um uh, i'm kind of losing my thoughts here as my my voice gets more and more raspier from just rambling but um, thank you guys so much for listening. We should have a our next Premier League episode should probably come out next Wednesday um, after that Man U Brighton game on the Tuesday. There aren't any games until that next weekend, so that'll be the next time we record. So make sure you check out next Wednesday for that next uh, Premier League episode. But other than that, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Take care.